creating energy in yourself means that you've got to do things to generate energy, right? right? So you should probably get some good sleep, but you should figure out like when I move my body, when I go for a walk, if I were to do 50 jumping jacks in the morning, I'm sure that you would wake up. So it's worthy of you exploring what would happen, especially if you're trying to start a business and you feel like there's never enough time. It would be worth it for you to budget some time for better sleep and for better health so that way you can create more energy. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I am your co-host, Edward Copeland. Uh, Welcome to episode, what episode is this? This is episode number 86. 86. Um, If you're following along, you're going to be listening to this sometime around April 27th, 2021. We are going to be talking about time management today. We're going to talk about time sucks. Uh Time doesn't suck, but we're going to talk about time suckers, like the thieves that are robbing you of time and productivity. And then we're also going to be sharing tips to help you be more productive, whether it be in work, business, life, with kids, whatever. And we're really excited to announce that we have a journal that is now available for purchase on Amazon.com. It's the 90-Day Guide to Thrive, and uh, this has been something that's been a passion project for a very long time of mine. I love journals. There's a whole shelf of them down here. I've purchased every journal probably known to mankind, (laughs) Um, and I've taken about 15 of the top journals and just tried to figure out how to infuse them into one journal I think helps with productivity, with time management, with goal setting, with self-awareness, with gratitude, with mindfulness. And so really excited to push that out into the universe, and I'm excited for you guys to go purchase your own. And I think we should do a 90-day journal challenge. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So let's kick this off really quick with a what in the world. Do you have one? I do have a what in the world. All right. Let's hear it. So my what in the world, it's okay. Here's the things. You're going to sound like an ass. I don't judge people. But. Okay. I don't judge them. I just observe and I get curious about what they do. Now, there are times where I see things and I go to myself, I go, okay, (laughs) That's a problem. And that happened the other day. I was walking, I was in the mall, and this kid is in the stroller and it's freaking out. Now that's what sometimes what kids do. Throwing a tantrum. Throwing a throwing a tantrum. How old was this kid? Maybe uh I want to say maybe three or four. Okay. Right? Um, terrible tantrum. Relatively toddler. chunky kid. Okay. Right. And so Which by the way is not the kid's fault. No, not the kid's fault at all. Okay. Right. And then was going through going crazy. And so the mom stops the stroller, literally digs into the bag next to the stroller, pulls out a bag of Lay's potato chips okay. and dumps it in front of the kids, like, you know, the little tray that the kids have on the mm-hmm. stroller. And while the kid like stopped screaming and started to proceed to to gobble up the Lay's potato chips. 
And I thought to myself, what in the world has gone on in this world where we set our kids up with Lay's potato chips? So the way you made it sound to me, though, was like she was frustrated. The kid was throwing a fit. And in order to silence the child, she pulls this big bag of regular size Lay's family pack chips. It dumped a bunch of it. And just dumps them into the tray. Right. And he proceeded to eat the Lay's potato chips. Now- I understand when you're in the mall, when you're trying to shop, I, I get it. Like kids could be sometimes a bit of a burden, mm-hmm. especially when they're cutting up, right? Okay. But I, I just don't think it's the right idea to quiet your child with some laced potato chips. And so if I'm triggering you parents out there that have young children and you use potato chips, Twinkies, donuts, whatever it is to quiet your kid down, I got a little bone to pick. What got- if it was a fruit snack? <laughs> Or an orange. Would you be okay with that? Oh, if I mean, I mean, if the kid is screaming because they're hungry, I get it. Okay. Right? And I took a lot of things into consideration. They didn't look like they were struggling and like this was the only option for This was a, a really high-end mall. Yeah, so this is, wasn't at. like they were shopping. It wasn't uh-huh. like, you know, this is the only food we have. So I get that. And it wasn't like he was screaming for hunger pains. Okay. Right? This was just, he was aggravated for whatever reason. Probably because his mom was shopping for too long. <laughs> yeah. And, and she said... The only way I can get him to be quiet is with some Lay's potato chips okay. uh, made by Frito-Lay. So maybe that's all she had. <laughs> then you're not prepared. I, I, hey, we are parents <laughs> of three children that survived their childhood. And when you go out, you prepare yourself for little snacks that they're going to have. Now, we typically had like somewhat relatively healthy Cuties, kids yogurt, and stuff like that. Yogurts, mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that where the kids can eat. Never was a potato chips. And so I, I understand you I know how this can look. Like I'm judging this poor woman. Okay. I am. That's <laughs> the truth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to. I, I typically don't do those things, but when it comes to kids, I, I think it's child abuse. <laughs> All right. So I will say this and uh, I don't know how you're going to take it, but I do think that when a small child is severely overweight, that is a form of child abuse because Think about the lifelong struggles that that child is probably going to have with a terrible relationship with food. Right. Maybe they love the French fries. They love the Lay's potato chips. They love all of the things that they grew up eating. Those are also the things that are causing them to pack on the pounds and be super right. unhealthy and get made fun of in school. And so I do think that it is a parent's responsibility to make sure that For the short period of time that you do have your children, which is usually like zero to 18 years old, it's our responsibility to instill healthy habits in them, whether that be- Yeah, you are creating the relationship this kid's going to have with food. Food and fitness and health overall, right? And confidence and social skills and how they interact with people in the world. And so if you're sending an eight-year-old or a four-year-old out to school and they feel self-conscious or they're being made fun of- that's something we have to take responsibility for. Yeah, 100%. And I just think it starts very young. So now if you hate us, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is the truth. And and we're not perfect. But, no. you know, conversely, our kids, I remember one of my aunts making a terrible comment because I had posted <laughs> when the kids were like, let's say, six, eight, and 10 or something. And we were in Costco. And the girls were trying to gather their uh, allowance to see if they could talk me into buying their own bag, like max pack bag of Cheetos or something. Right, right? It was right. chips. And so I had posted it and I said, you know, you have healthy kids when they're trying to conspire together <laughs> to raise enough capital to buy chips, right? 
And my aunt was like, yeah, well, if you didn't feed them freaking, you know, healthy stuff, they wouldn't be sitting here trying to save their money as though I was ruining their lives. Right. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, it- <laughs> and I was like, first of all, you don't have any kids. Um, and and it just was triggering for me. So right. I'm trying to raise my kids to be healthy. Now, they do joke about it now because they're almost 20, 18 and 16. They all have very healthy habits. They all have their own gym routines, workout routines. And they do understand that, you know, bad food is bad for you. Yeah. Not in moderation. And Granted, you know, I'm the cake mama. We eat cake. <laughs> we eat cupcakes. Oh, we yeah. love food. We are big foodies in this house, but we do everything with moderation. Right. 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 And you know, one of the things that was a delicate thing for, especially having young women growing up, is talking to them about being very conscious of their health, right. right? And one of the things that was important to me is like, I, I remember having very specific conversations with all of them saying, every single human being has to have their own personal like workout health routine yep. in life because you just can't avoid it. Like yep. we are living in a society where our food definitely makes us bigger, fatter, right, unhealthy. And we have to do things to keep ourselves active and and exercise, especially because the the fact that we do like to indulge. We do like to, the only time we go to Las Vegas is to go to buffets. So it's not like, it's not like we're not like, yeah, it's not like we can eat whatever we want. We're not crazy health people from that standpoint, but we are very conscious and we also make sure that they are very aware of, of their own bodies and what they need to do to stay healthy. So we understand that there are people out there that may be parents that have an unhealthy relationship with food and they're passing that on to their their children unknowingly, right? And I saw that. I mean, my mom was on a diet like every time that I could remember, you know, and I was always conscious of that with my three daughters. Like I didn't want them to think like, oh, my mom was always on a diet. She was always worried about her weight. So that was one of the decisions that we took into play when we decided like we have to teach them the importance of working out, the importance of it being a habit. Right. Right. And so, you know, this is your what in the world, but I do think it's a very important topic. So if you're a parent, just ask yourself, what did you struggle with? What have you struggled with when it comes to health and wellness? Have you struggled with making it a priority? Is that because it wasn't a priority growing up in your household when you were a kid? Have you struggled with a healthy relationship with food? Is that because you were maybe silenced with chips or introduced to really yummy stuff at a young age? I see so many people nowadays, like adults saying, you know, oh, I don't like vegetables. Yeah, we talked about this before. Right? And I'm like, Close you don't mind. like vegetables? Like, well, I, it's because someone introduced really shitty vegetables to them or, at some point. Or they didn't like them right, and it was okay in their to household to not eat them. Right. We mm-hmm. made what we made and that's it. You're going to starve if you don't eat what's on the table. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's right. So, and so now we got to do an episode on food. I guess we have to talk about, not today, okay. but another episode. But I, I do want to make sure we leave, leave with this of saying, hey, we're very aware that there are extenuating circumstances in, w- in which you would feed your children food that are not necessarily healthy, whether it be a economic issue uh, or maybe it's just your own lack of understanding or knowledge about food. Right. So we understand that uh, I'm having some fun with it, but at the same time, that that parent 
I'm sure she she was in shape. She wasn't like out of shape. So oh, I'm really? sure yeah, she was so she was feeding her kid something that I'm sure she was not eating herself. Mm. So uh but that was kind of a what in the world to me. But we'll we'll have to talk about this a little bit more. And later. I'll just say I don't eat a lot of potato chips, but when I was in the hospital recently for my surgery, they didn't give me any options for what to eat. So they brought me a turkey sandwich and some Lay's potato chips. Yeah. I can't tell you how long it had been since I had Lay's potato chips and I put them in my mouth and it was like an explosion. Explosion of it just tasted good, but I don't eat all the chips salt. all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. It was the salt. When I came home and I was recovering, I was like, get me some turkey sandwich, <laughs> some wheat bread, and I want a bag of laced potato chips, right? Since then, I'll have you know that I have cleaned up my diet. There are no more chips in the house. So there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, and we and we here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing with your diet and seeing how your body responds mm-hmm. to it. We've done vegan, we've done we vegetarian, we've done paleo, we've done keto, and not as a as a fad, but we've done it. Just to see how our body, uh, yeah, responds. see how our body responds to it, and I think that that is important that you play with your body. Is one of those things where it's hard to find a thing that's going to really benefit you and give you energy and make you feel good. So you got to play with those things. And like we've been fasting for about a year, and just yesterday we decided this is probably not working for us anymore. So always play with you know what it is you're doing with your body. Absolutely. Anyways, I have a very quick what in the world, and then we're going to dive into today's episode. So a couple of things. Number one, my kids refuse to let me live my best life. It's been really sunny in Southern California every day. I feel like I'm begging them to go on a hike, go on a walk. It's the weekend i want to go to the beach let's go bike riding and they don't ever want to do anything so that's i can't live my best life that's number one number two biggie smalls got shot and murdered by the lapd potentially (laughs) what did okay so eddie puts on uh, we, we were going to have some planned quiet relaxing time the other night and he finds this documentary on no, it's a movie. It was a movie. Okay, this movie, City City of Lies, with Johnny Depp, and yeah. it was about the murder of Biggie Smalls. And I got to tell you, the LAPD is corrupt. <laughs> we know this. We're trying to defund the police, <laughs> but, but just like you have to watch it. What's it called again? City of Lies. Well, there you have it. The title sums it up right there. So go check that out if you're a hip hop fan like we are. But I have so many questions. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's my what in the world. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, welcome to episode 86. This is an episode on time management and productivity. The reason we are talking about this is because we are in the middle of a back to basics business workshop. And so obviously we've got lots of people that are in this workshop who are trying to start businesses while also raising children and taking care of home responsibilities and finding more customers and juggling orders and doing all of the things, right? So we have found that 95% of them are extremely overwhelmed, they're lacking time, and they just need better tips to figure out how to make all things happen in their lives without killing themselves, right? Right. right. Yeah. And, and one of the things, too, that we're talking about is, uh, and especially if you're an entrepreneur, whether you own a bakery or whatever you own, an auto mechanic shop, right, is how the, to value your time, right, and, and what kind of price tag to put on your time. And what kind of came from that in our, in our conversation is, one, Many times people just don't use their time. They don't have really good time management skills in in the first place. And so they don't value their time. So sure as hell, not going to translate into their business where they value their time and charge premium, especially for something that they're an expert at. Right. Right. And so 
we want to help kind of crack that code. And if you are a person that you know, has a career, you know, maybe you don't have a business or maybe you're out of work, whatever it is, the things that we're going to talk about now in this episode is going to be really beneficial for you just to make sure that you point your time in the right direction and you get the most out of the time that you have. And I will just tell you to touch on the fact that you said you might not have a job. Maybe you lost your job during the pandemic. I'll tell you, those are the people that feel the most overwhelmed because you feel like the days kind of fly past you. You've got no real structure or direction. So we're going to talk about a lot of things that help you see that being disciplined and kind of stingy with your time is going to help you be more productive, right? Right. So let's just start with the fact that like there's this meme beyond Beyonce wasn't built in a day, you know, Beyonce only has 24 hours in a day. So do you, what are you doing with your life? Like there is this pressure to do more. And I just want to preface that we're not going to tell you to, you know, this is how you do more. We're going to tell you to focus on the things that are important. That's the first priority. But I do want to remind you that we all start and wake up every day with the same 24 hours. Right. And you get to decide how you want to use your time. I get to decide how I want to use my time. And we can all say at the end of the day, I didn't have enough time in the day or I felt really productive and fulfilled today. Yeah. And, you know, this conversation is so is so loaded because, you know, time is one of those things. I mean, you, everyone's heard the the notion time is money. I tend not to believe that. I think time is is immeasurable possibilities and potential because you can do so much more with your time than just make money, right? You can make meaningful time with your family. You can do something that's meaningful and impactful to you that doesn't necessarily equate to dollars and cents, right? Uh, And I also believe that time is worth more than money. So I think that notion of time as money is, I think is in this day and age, especially to me is outdated. Yeah. And it's not necessarily relevant, but I will tell you that when you use your time wisely, and if it is for economic growth, um, you can definitely maximize your your value, your worth, um, your wealth by make, maximizing your time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're spending a lot of time, mm-hmm. right? Because we're in a day and age where there's so much technology out there that you can spend very little time on your business and still maximize um, your your output when it comes to business and everything else that you may be doing. So before we jump into the tips for time management, let's talk about the thieves of time management. Yeah. So Gary Keller, I guess he's a real estate mogul, Mm -hmm. wrote a book called The One Thing. And I read it a couple of years ago. And the book is, I, I have all kinds of highlights in it because it was just one of those things that when you think about your time, you think about trying to get the most out of yourself, like it was perfect, right? It, it like all the things you have going on, it really just zeroed things down for me. But one of the things he talks about um, was the four thieves of productivity. And the first thief of productivity is the thief of, I'm sorry, the first thief of productivity is the inability to say no. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about this on previous episodes, like people really struggling to say no, but this is really one of those things where you mentioned like saying no to things that maybe distractions, you, right? Yeah. So a tip that I have, we're not really in the tips. We're talking about the things that rob right. you of the productivity. But what I noticed for myself as I got busier with both businesses is I was extremely distracted with notifications. So mm. I will just tell you 
for a solid year and a half, every single notification is turned off on my phone. I don't get a notification for a call, (laughs) for a text, for any sort of social media. I had to turn it all off because I wanted to start taking charge of my time versus every time my phone vibrates, I have to check it. So yeah, it's so funny because that's so counter to- It's annoying to everyone else. Yes. I don't give a shit (laughs) because I can't be controlled by everyone else who's trying to access me when it's convenient for them. I have to control when it's convenient for me to respond to you. Yeah. And that that's so powerful because I think that we are in a day and age where people are like they send a message and they ping you and they're waiting for you to respond. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're not taking in consideration that you're in control, right? Right. I am in control of when I respond to you. I've adopted that in a lot of cases where if something is sent to me and I'm in the middle of something, I will say, no, I, I will respond when I'm ready to respond. I'll respond in a way that keeps my sanity. But I had to stop wearing my Apple Watch also mm. because it was like, I, and I see you working and you'll check it and then you'll read it and then you'll stop it and then you'll go back. But it's like, it's robbing you of uh, focus. Yeah, it you is. Know? And so I had to stop wearing my Apple Watch for a certain period of time. But, you know, back to the inability to say no, it's not just saying no because you're a people pleaser, which a lot of women I find right. have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that because I think people know that I respect my time. They, if anything, think like, oh, she's super busy, so I'm not even going to ask her, which has hurt my feelings in certain cases. But so ask yourself, do you have a problem saying no? And that could be saying no to social media when you're not supposed to be on social media. That could be saying no to the fact that you just want to sit for hours at a time and watch television or your favorite shows. Any sort of distraction, because when Eddie's talking about like time isn't money, but time is the potential Mm -hmm. to do something great. It doesn't have to be to make money, but it could be the potential to connect with your friends and family on a deeper level, right? So number one is the inability to say no. What things are you not saying no to that you know you need to? And I'm sure that there's a list because we all have them. Number two. So number two, So that we're, since we're talking about productivity, right? So we're talking about being productive in your day. Number two is the fear of chaos. Okay. And and what that means is this. is And, and I think that I'm actually, this is one of the things I would say I'm actually pretty good at. Like I can zero in on something and be focused on it and not care about whatever else is going on around me. Yeah, because you have waffle brain. (laughs) Also, you read the thing, the one thing, right? (laughs) So about a year ago, we were like in the middle of a launch and doing all of this stuff. And I was like, we got to do this, 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 and this. You know, there's all these things. So I would call that spaghetti brain. (laughs) There's a million things you have to do. And women also often Mm -hmm. have spaghetti brain because our hands have to be in a million different things. You've seen the memes where, you know, women are like holding a baby on one hand, you know, picking up something with their foot and stirring the dinner. And and I do think that we are better than that than men. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, I think I think that not uh, saying it's good or bad. Right. but But we are capable of multitasking. Right. Okay. So then Eddie reads this thing called The One Thing. And I'm like one day telling him all the things we have to do. And he goes, well, what's the most important? (laughs) And I got to tell you, that's so triggering to a spaghetti (laughs) brain when you just want to be waffle brain, meaning there's one little waffle square. Mm -hmm. I'm only in this one square right here. So I'm only focusing on the syrup and the the butter that's in this one square. And when I'm done with this one square, I'll hop into another square. I'm like, bro, we ain't got time for all that. (laughs) Like, can you do three squares at a time? 
So it is. it can be very triggering when you yeah. tell somebody that, like, hey, it's chaos. It's spaghetti brain. Right. So what are your tips for that? You're <laughs> saying you can only really focus on one thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea of multitasking, like I read a quote that said, multitasking is deciding to do neither, right? <laughs> so you, you, you're spreading yourself thin when it comes to, from a focus standpoint. And I know that the women are listening to, to this saying, no, I do multitask. Mm-hmm. And the, the question is, is, is are you doing what you're supposed to be doing well? Right. Are you doing it the best you possibly can? Or are you allowing yourself to say, hey, I'm gonna do all these other things because I don't want other things to fall apart. So the fear of chaos is saying to yourself like, hey, I have to focus on this one thing. And because it requires my focus, other things may pile up. Like the world doesn't stop because you're focused on your business. The world doesn't stop because you're focusing on your career. Those things still happen. And so you have to create, and so the tip is you have to create some innovation around what are you gonna do about those things, right? And so we know that we we are always on the go, we are constantly either working on the business, working on our careers, doing something. So we knew we could not keep our house together by ourselves. We also knew that we couldn't have an animal like a pet right? because <laughs> that just doesn't, it's not in alignment with what we, all the chaos that we have going right. on, right? So right. controlled, organized chaos means that you have to say no to certain things. It also means that there's certain things that are going to slip because there's no focus when you're focused on something else. Yeah, and and I think that that's a really good example. Like the times that we thought we could do it all, like right. we we were trying to compete in bodybuilding, we were trying to grow our, our careers, we were trying to grow a business, People, we were growing we had a family, kids in sports, right? And so, all, like you're trying to do all those we had things, animals. and then you're trying to maintain them all, but you can't keep them all at a certain standard or a level that you would like it to be. So, and so it's bar. just all it does is just stress you the, sh- the hell out right. because you're worried about all the things you cannot do. Right. So sidebar, saying yes to something means that you have to say no to something. Right. And for us, it was, no, I don't have time to walk a dog. Right. I just don't have the time to do that. I don't or have clean time. Up after one. <laughs> or clean up after one. I don't have time to have each child in a different sport. I don't. Right. Right. You could also say if your kids are really young and those things are important to you, I don't have time to really dedicate to my business. But saying yes to something doesn't make all of your responsibilities go away. And that is the thing I think that people over uh, they oversee. right? Right. And then they wind up like just letting a whole day or a whole week or a whole year get by them. And then they feel unproductive. Well, that's because you said yes to too many things. You had too many commitments. So just know that you've got to give something up. Number three. So number three is really about the poor health habits, right? And so- So no chips for breakfast. No no chips for breakfast. But one of the things that we talk to our our business students about is like how you create boundless energy in your life because entrepreneurship requires energy. Mm -hmm. Like like today, for example, we were struggling with energy, Right. right? Because- just poor sleep and all those different things. Well, I'm blaming mine on my COVID shot. I don't know what <laughs> blame, you're blaming yours I'm, on. I'm blaming mine on, on my sleep because we you know, we have a, a sleep number bed. So I looked at my number the last two nights and I didn't sleep well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to like solve for like, okay, what is it about my sleep? And what happens is, is that my creativity, my, my drive and focus is alarmingly, um, you know, off- off base simply because I didn't get enough sleep. Right. Just that sentence in itself was off base because right. I didn't get enough sleep. So 
Like those are the things that I think that would tear away from your productivity and also it doesn't make you feel good about the work that you're doing or working on. Right. I heard um, Michael Hyatt's daughter the other day. She said there have been studies that have been shown that when you don't get more than seven hours sleep, around seven hours is the, the mark for good health. But she said if you consistently for a week get less than six hours of sleep, your brain function brain yeah. is functioning at the level of intoxication. Mm. So basically, you're driving drunk, you're operating maybe machinery or something in your business drunk. And I thought back, when she said it, I was like, it's so true. I remember when I first started my business and I was baking from home and the very first weekend that we were completely overbooked because I didn't properly manage my time slots and I learned my lesson. I woke, I I never really went to sleep, but I took a shower and I was just like noticing how tired I was and I was dropping things. And I still um, had to do a cake delivery, right? right? It was a 10 a.m. cake delivery. We'd just finished the cake at like, you know, 6 a.m. So I go to get in the car, I back my car out and I rip off my side mirror. (laughs) Uh, Literally, I drove out of the garage, which I have done thousands of times. And I ripped off the mirror of my car, the side mirror and I literally put it in park and I was like I have nobody to be upset with but myself like it clicked I am driving under the influence so I can't be mad if I'm depriving my body of something that it needs to feel boundless energy and to be rejuvenated I can't expect it to operate at its highest potential. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is that there's two groups. There are people that listen to this that have never operated at an optimum level, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you've just really never bought into it or maybe you've never got into a really good healthy habits of eating and exercising and sleeping mm-hmm. and meditation and all those kind of things. And so um, there's a lot out there for you. Maybe you've constantly operated kind of under that un- unconscious or in constant, what did you say? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> unconscious. Uh, when, not unconscious, but um, when you feel like you're drunk, right? And so- Intoxication. If, intoxication. <laughs> I don't know why that- I'm intoxicated right now. You are, because uh, you're sleep depressed. But if you've never, if you never operated at that high level, what you'll find is that you're at a, there's, a, there's a level that you've never, ever got to. And so what's crazy is that is some people have never felt very optimum. And then there's some people who have felt what it feels like to be- at an optimum level. Like I can tell you there are times where I feel like, oh my God, I feel like I could take over the world right now. Mm -hmm. And then when I don't get sleep and then all of a sudden you're chasing that. And that's where some people are chasing it with caffeine. They're chasing it. They're constantly trying to chase that feeling. And so the key thing is, is that if you want to be more productive, you've got to do the things. And I know for me, I've got to improve my sleep. Right. So it's not just about like sleep though. It could be about like creating energy in yourself means that you've got to do things to generate energy, right? Right. So you should probably get some good sleep, but you should figure out like when I move my body, when I go for a walk, if I were to do 50 jumping jacks in the morning, I'm sure that you would wake up. So, I mean, it's worthy of you exploring what would happen, especially if you're trying to start a business and you feel like there's never enough time. It would be worth it for you to budget some time for better sleep and for better health so that way you can create more energy. Absolutely. And so the number four is about your environment, right? And so the environment is not conducive to being productive, right? And that may be a lot of different things. That that may be the past... Uh, agreements that you've made for your household, like we've talked about before, renegotiating your contract and your marriage and your in your partnership 
because you're taking on a, a challenge of entrepreneurship and, and, mm -hmm. and building a business. And so you're, you've got to rework the environment so that it's conducive of you achieving a goal or being more productive. Uh, and so the environment piece is, is huge because it could also mean who you socialize with. Right. Right. And so how, what people are in your circle, are they lifting you up or are the individuals bringing you down? And that could play really heavy on your productivity. Yeah, because if you have a friend that doesn't have a job, maybe they've lost their job during the pandemic and they want to hang out with you all day or be texting you all day long. That is creating an unhealthy, unproductive environment that's going to be distracting for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing to think about when you think of environment is there are a lot of variables like people who are working from home nowadays are probably also still homeschooling some of their kids. And so there's certain environmental things you can't change, but it's, it does play a factor on your productivity. So we'll give yeah. you some tips on how to handle that. But it's just something to think about. The last thing, number five thief of productivity, I'm going to add, is just not using a planner or journal to properly schedule your day, right? People like these long to-do lists, and that's fine. You should always know, like, what's on your to-do list. Like, I know I have to go to Costco because I'm out of mangoes. I know that I right. have to do, I got to get an oil change because it's almost time. Like, I know that I have these things that I have to do, but they're not massive priorities, and they don't really take a whole ton of time. Right. So it's not going to be, like, one of the major things that I have to do in a day. It's just something that takes a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, and to-do lists are interesting because what you'll find is that most of the time it's like, these are things I could do, right? not necessarily what I, sh I should be doing. And I think when you have a planner and you have a journal and you start with a clear head of one, having really good self-awareness of what what do you know you're capable of doing? And then what's a stretch for you, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's okay to incorporate those stretches because we're all trying to kind of stretch a little bit more and it's not so much that you're doing more, but maybe you're doing things that are more difficult. Well, they're more meaningful. They're, maybe. Yeah, and more meaningful. And so I think one of the things, and this kind of is kind of the tip for the number one thief at the same time, is is that you have to have a compelling purpose for your day so that it's easier for you to say no. And stay focused. Right. Because when you don't have a compelling purpose for your day, it's very easy to say yes. Yeah. It's very easy to say, well, I don't have anything else to do, so I might as well just do this. Right. Right. But if you're compelled, like like Janelle says this all the time, like it makes you want to jump out of bed type of purpose, then it's very easy for you to say, no, I can't do that. I'm working on this. I, I'm not going to go in this direction because I got this going on. Right. And but I think that when you have a planner, I think it allows you to get to a place, especially when you plan to plan. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> then, I love planning to plan. I do that every night before my next day. Yeah. And I think it brings a lot more attention to intentionality to your day, which increasingly improves your time management. Right. And so we just went through like these things that are are really about your mentality is really about what you're doing in order to get to a place where you can actually like focus on time management. Right. Because if you don't have that, your productivity, your approach to the day, your attitude to the day, then it doesn't matter what you plan to do mm -hmm. and how concise you are with time. You're, you're probably working on the wrong things. Right. And so we're going to get now into this last part of the podcast is about tips 
for time management improvement and productivity improvement, right? But it's first um, worthy of saying that we overestimate in a day what we can accomplish, Mm -hmm. but we severely underestimate what we can accomplish in a week or a month or even a year, right? Right. And so that's got to be something that kind of sinks in because if you're a to-do list person, every single day you're waking up, setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. Like you've got 25, 30 things on here that you know you have to do, but they are not massive priorities. So the first tip that I can give you to help you understand that there's only so many hours in a day and it doesn't feel good when you go to bed upset because you didn't do all 30 things, but it does feel good when you do three things that you set out to do, right? So the first tip I'll give you is you've got to take inventory. Take inventory of your time, inventory of your responsibilities, inventory of your commitments. And here's what I mean by that. And this is specifically for, I'll just talk to you, women or men who are starting some sort of business, but you also have a family and other responsibilities and maybe a nine to five, right? Mm -hmm. So here's how this works. What does your schedule need to be? Not what do you want it to be? Because most people start a business and they're like, oh, this nine to five is ruining my life. No, actually, it's this side hustle that you started with no structure (laughs) that's ruining your life. You just added something without saying no to something else, Right. right? So take inventory of what is actually actually necessary in a day. Here's what I mean by that. So I mean, if you wake up at seven to start your work day at eight o'clock, but you know that your kids need to be fed or you know that you need to make sure that you get them to dance class or whatever it is, You know that they're going to need lunch, but you didn't go grocery shopping. You know that dinner time, everyone is like starving and it's six o'clock, but you don't get off until five and you won't have enough time to go to the grocery store to plan the meals, to do all of the stuff. But as soon as you're done with your workday, you've got to catch up on the side hustle emails because people have been waiting all day. You know that things are just piling up, piling up, piling up, and it feels terrible, right? right? So taking inventory would say, okay, they said that I have to be planful of creating energy, right? Right. So one, I got to go to bed earlier, Two, I've got to wake up a little earlier so I can do 50 jumping jacks and 50 push-ups and a walk around the block just to get my day started so that way I'm creating some energy. Then I'm going to probably be planful and give myself 30 minutes to make breakfast for everyone. I'm going to eat, have a nice cup of coffee, you know, sit down with my journal and focus on my three priorities for the day, and then I'm going to get my day started. Right. I know that because I'm working until five, I will not have time to go to the grocery store today. So on my lunch hour, I will order groceries and I will have them delivered to the house. That will also take care of the fact that the kids will need snacks throughout the day. So I'll do that early, right? That's awesome. So what I mean, tip number one, take inventory is what is required. Like you can't not feed your kids. (laughs) You just can't. You can't not go to work because you'd I rather call it character building. Because you'd rather hang, you know, you'd rather be investing time in your side hustle. What's required? What are the priorities? How do you plan around those? And then what time do you have left over? So if you need to spend family time, which I highly advise then what time will your kids go to bed? If you can put those little suckers in bed at say nine o'clock, then you know from nine to eleven you can work on your business. You only might have two hours and that's okay. It is what it is because you also have to go to bed at a decent time. 
Right. So that's what I mean by taking inventory. And, and, and I think what's important about this inventory, and, and most of, many of you may have heard of Pareto, Pareto's Law, and it means that 20% of our, our work, our effort, gives us 80% of our results, mm-hmm. right? And so it doesn't require a lot of time to get really great results. What it requires is focus time. It requires that you say that those two hours, that time during my lunch break, that this time between whatever the transitions are, you try to maximize those times to maximize that output for the very small amount of time that you have. And I think when you do that, I think that's when you can have some game-changing moments in your in your in your business and in your total life. So I think those are one of the things when you are are having really good self-awareness and you look at the the journal, you write all those things down, you say maybe today because this out of the three things I'm working on today, this one thing is going to require all of that 20% of my time in order to get the maximum output. Right. So maybe you you put away the three and you just get to the one or the two, whatever it may be, but you have to have that self-awareness. And I think the only time you can get that is when you do have time to plan. Right. Okay. Tip number two, you need goals. We talked about this a second ago. You need some sort of priorities or goals that you're working on with purpose so that you can properly throw yourself out of bed each day with some good excitement, with some energy, and know what it is that you're going to be doing for the day. Right. So specific goals are specific, right? So saying like, if I have this side hustle, this business saying, I want to grow my business. I want more followers. I need more customers to buy my stuff. That's not a specific goal, right? But we talked about this today in our workshop, a specific goal for me when I was working from home, starting my business and nobody knew who the Cake Mamas was because it was a brand new business. I said, every single week, I'm going to interact with 25 strangers and I'm going to at minimum give 25 people my card and talk to them about what my business offers, right? Right. So that meant that when I went out for my grocery store run or went to get an oil change or went to the gas station, I had to be strategic and find people around me. And you guys, I did do this. There'd be people at the gas station. I'd make eye contact with them. I'd say like, oh, how old are your kids? They're super cute. Oh, three and six. Well, if you ever need a birthday cake, I actually own a bakery. It's called the Cake Mamas. I'd love to be a part of one of your celebrations. Boom. That easy, right? So that's not something that needs to be on my to-do list because then it's like, oh, this is so daunting. But if that's my focus for the whole week, it's one of my top priorities is to get people to understand that I have a business, I'm in business, and I need more followers because I need more customers. That is a specific measurable goal that I can set out to do every day. Yeah, and I love that because... It was, it's very specific, but at the same time, like you can track it easy. It's just like tick marks. Like how many times did I talk to someone? And that's the thing I think is lost when it comes to goal setting is people just saying like, I'm going to measure how many times I go and do something, not measuring something that's outside of your control. So here's another one. You might be saying, well, I don't have a business. Okay, great. Stop saying things like my goal is to clean my house. Okay. When? And what rooms and be specific with it, right? So this week, my goal is to do a deep cleaning on the kitchen. How many hours will that take? Probably four. Who can help me with that? Let me go back to step number one, which was take inventory of my day. So that may mean on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, those are out. I cannot do those days at all. So then I'm left with Monday and Saturday. I can be specific around when I'm going to clean the kitchen, 
And it's not this long, long laundry list of like things to do in the house. It's one thing that I'll feel good about. Yeah. Especially because I plan for it. Tip number three, this is one of my favorites, is time block. So I've got this little time square. And basically you flip it. You can flip it to a 20 minute mark, flip it to a 45 minute mark or a 30. They come in different denominations. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Um, Anyways. Yeah, let's go with it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you should only be working like 25 to 30 minutes in increments. And mm-hmm. then you should get up and you should get a glass of water. You should move around, reset for a couple minutes and then go back to work. Yeah. Instead, we're like, okay, I have three hours right now to do this one thing. And I'm just going to sit here and force myself to do this. Well, after about 45 minutes, you're going to be unproductive, Mm -hmm. period. That's when you're like, oh, kind of got to go to the bathroom. Let me take my phone with me. Now you find yourself on Instagram. Now you've completely taken your mind away from whatever it was you were focused on. And now it's going to be much harder to go back and sit down at your desk or whatever it is that you do and, you know, get re-engaged again. Yeah. And that re-engagement piece can take you a long time to get right. back into the flow of wherever you were when you were working on whatever you were working on. And I love those those tips. And the thing that I would say that to me that's so important before you even start on something is that you've got to be congruent, meaning that whatever your goals are for the day, they need to, they have to, it is imperative that they're aligned to your bigger goals. And so, so often people have big long-term goals and they fail to create short-term supporting goals so that they can achieve their goals. And, and, and I think that that is where it's really important. Like if I, you know, if I want to get into something new and I want to sell houses, well, what are the short-term goals you can create that support the long-term goal? Because that is what's going to give that measurement of progress uh, as you go through that journey. And so everything that you know just talked about as far as those those uh, techniques of keeping your time in place, you want to make sure that those things that you're doing are congruent to your big goals and, and long-term achievements. Right. So last thing I'll say about time blocking, though, the Pomodoro technique. Have you heard of this? No. So the Pomodoro <laughs> technique is exactly what I'm saying that this little cube does. It's basically saying that the human brain operates for like 25-minute increments, set a timer, then take a five-minute break, go to the bathroom, drink water, whatever. But it's an actual technique. I didn't make it up, but I kind of did when this cube was given to me. And then I did some research and figured out that that's actually how your brain's supposed to operate. Mm, there you go. So I think it's a great tip. The next thing is stop multitasking. You probably want to talk about this. Yeah. I think you just, yeah, just focus on one thing. <laughs> like, and I think the one thing is, is that we have a tough time stopping. And so one of the things that y'all said is having a time block. If you know you're working on a project or you're not working on something that, hey, I can't get it done today. Mm-hmm. And there's other things that are just as important. Uh, then I need to make sure that I'm able to stop, move on and do and work on something else and then give myself a planful return to whatever that is I'm working on. Yep. And that is so often what people are struggle to do. They're trying to get it all done. And then what they end up doing is because they're not considering the fact that their brain is only operating for about 25, 30 minutes increments, they end up wasting time and finding distractions when they're supposedly, quote unquote, working on something that they're supposed to complete. So I think that focus on one thing at a time until you have completed or until you have met your your challenge for when you were supposed to stop. Yeah. Right. And so if you're giving yourself a little bit of a goal on whatever you're working on, once you've met that, then move on and stop and move on to something else. 
The next one I want to reiterate, which we talked about a little while ago, was minimize distractions. And I think that that's important for you to take inventory. If you've got an iPhone, it tells you how much time you're spending on your phone. I think you can look at whether they're games, whether it's social media, whatever it is that you're doing. Like, what are the distractions that are hindering you from being really focused? That's worth taking inventory of. Yeah, and now there's reports and studies that show that we find ways to distract ourselves. So it's not notifications. It's just opening up your phone for no apparent reason because it's just a habit, right? And so a lot of phones will tell you how often did you awake your phone? And you can look to see, did I wake my phone in this last hour, you know, 10 times? And out of those 10 times, I only did it twice because of a notification. The other eight times I did it, it was just because I was looking for a distraction. Yeah. And I mean, we live in a TikTok world where everything's basically 15 to 30 seconds now. And so <laughs> we are being trained to constantly be distracted now. Yeah. It's really like scary. every 15 seconds, you got to have something new. Something so new. So here's new. what happens that robs you of downtime. It robs you of boredom. And boredom is where creativity yeah. and ideas are born. And so I would say that it's it's worthy if you're doing a good job of going in through your schedule and saying like, where can I cut time out? Give yourself 15 minutes a day to not have anything planned. To, I mean, this sounds crazy if you feel already overwhelmed, but think about how great it would be to wake up 15 minutes early and just kind of sit there with your coffee and your journal and just kind of create some ideas, like right. fill in the blank, what if? By the way, right. that's one of the days in the journal. And so the reason why we it's called thought space in the journal, we have to be generating some sort of ideas or creativity or leveraging our imagination in order to still keep that spark of creativity going. I love that. And I, I did a daily push on if you find yourself overthinking, write something down. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself underthinking, read something. Right. And if you hopefully you get to a place where you stop thinking, you act. But one of the things that people ask me all the time is to go, how do you read a book? Like, I, I just, I can't sit there and read. And I go, well, you're late. You have a lazy brain. <laughs> just, it wants to do a million It wants to things. wander around mm -hmm. and not be focused because focus is a muscle. Focus it takes a lot of energy in order to stay locked into something. And I think that we're losing that in our society, our ability to focus in. And so I think that if you're trying to help yourself minimize distractions, then you're probably going to have to build in some type of practice of focus, whether that be meditation, reading, so that you gain, regain that strength again. Right. The next thing is delegate. I'll tell you, your kids can do a lot of things. They can wash the dishes. They can unload the dishwasher. So if you're that parent that prides themselves in doing all of the things, there's no award for that. I'm just right. going to let you know that, right? You're also not creating self-sufficient kids, which we were somewhat guilty of. And still they, you know, leave messes, like little remnants of... <laughs> you know, freaking food behind them. And it's super annoying. Anyways, delegate, <laughs> delegate to your kids. You just going to delegate. Right <laughs> I did a little bit, but the other day I needed to schedule a vaccination appointment. So I handed Jordan my phone. I said, here, book this for me. I don't know how to do this. I don't either figure it out. Right. You know how your kids can also call the dentist and they can set up those appointments. They can also do lots of other things. So regardless of how old your kids are, I would say delegate to your kids 
delegate to your husband, delegate. People want to help you. And so you've got to really start to leverage some of that help. But also, what can you outsource? Your kids don't care if you are the one that scrubs the toilets or if you are the one that does the laundry and pairs their socks together. So if you have the opportunity to hire someone so that you can focus on building a business or spending more time with your family, then I highly suggest you do that. My stepmom and my sister would argue when Richland was like 18 years old and my stepmom was always complaining that she wouldn't do her chores. And my sister was like, I don't want to do that. So I proposed to them, why don't you let her hire a housekeeper? She's got a job. And my sister like lit up. She was like, that's a great solution, (laughs) right? So it allowed her to be the teenager she wanted to be, but still the responsibility of it has to get done. So I would just say you need to focus on delegation. The last tip I'm going to give you is so many people are just so caught up in all of the things and you just need to focus on starting. So that's the tip. Focus on the starting point, right? You don't have to know all of the other steps that are required to start the business or to do this new project or start this new hobby or whatever it is that you're trying to do. You just have to get started. Don't get so bogged down in all of the other things. But I do think that you should get a little bit bogged down before you start a new project in what can I say no to to make space for this new thing that I want to pursue. And I think the last thing I'll say about that last tip is when you start, Sometimes, like I said, sometimes you get you want to get to a place where you stop thinking and you just go. And you can't be afraid to fall on your face. You can't be afraid to fall short. And you can't be afraid that maybe you started something that you were going on the wrong path because it's far easier to readjust or to mm-hmm. gear or veer something to the right or left or whatever the direction it needs to go when it's in motion. It's a lot harder to start something that hasn't started yet right. or hasn't started moving yet. So don't be afraid to make alterations and adjustments because that's the most meaningful thing you do is you're on your path, you're taking action, and you use your journal to make adjustments. Because when you're able to self-reflect and get some self-awareness of what's going on and measuring your success and measuring your failures, then you're able to make very logical decisions on what adjustments you need to make. And those adjustments are going to be the difference makers. Right. A lot of times, though, when you don't know what steps to take, you're hiding behind procrastination. Yeah. And that really is the major time suck. It's going to be something that's kind of weighing on you. You know you have to do it, but you keep putting it off. So think about what you might be procrastinating in. That's creating another to do for you. And so if you just put one foot in front of the next and actually do the thing, the rest will figure itself out. Yeah. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you go to JanelleCopeland.com, we will give you a printout of all of the time sucks and the tips that we went over today. And then if you go to Amazon, you can search the 90 day guide to thrive and purchase one of our journals. And maybe we'll see you in the next episode for a 90 day journal challenge. Again, the journal can help you with time management, with productivity, with focus, with goal setting, with prioritizing and lots of other things, gratitude, being a person of service and lots of other things. So let us know if you got any cool tips from this, if it was helpful, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.